Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball. 52 weeks out of the year, there is no offseason. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Let me tell you something, folks. This is an exciting day for your pal Sully because it is the first game where the Boston Red Sox are going to be playing the New York Yankees this year. Now, my beloved Red Sox have won eight of their first nine games. And yes, they've played tomato cans. They've played the Rays, they've played the Marlins, and a grand total of zero people think the Marlins or the Rays are going to be contenders this year. I grant you that. And the Yankees have started the season five and five. And, you know, they won that, they, they played Baltimore, they played uh, Toronto, they lost a bunch of games, including two, for Yankee fans, excruciating extra inning games. And it's been, you know, they, they've lost a couple of games they've had no business losing. A bounce here or a bounce there, and the Yankees would be, well, you know, seven and three. You know, like a couple of things, couple of things going right here or there. And the Yankees could walk around strutting that they've, you know, they won seven of their first 10 games. I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm not sitting around saying the Red Sox at this point, you know, the Red Sox are four games ahead of the Yankees in the loss column as we're entering mid-April. Do I think the Red Sox are four games better than the Yankees? No, I don't. But the key to winning a division, and I've made this point, is you have to win the games you're supposed to win. If you're playing a crap team, your three games against a crap team win at least two of them. You know, it helps to sweep them every once in a while because then you can absorb, the Red Sox can absorb a bad week or two when you've, you know, going on an eight-game winning streak, especially when you've had a couple of games, including two of the games against Tampa, where they had no business winning them. They had that great come-from-behind rally in the ninth inning, and then they had the game uh, on Sunday where they, they were scored six runs in the bottom of the eighth, and some of those runs came stupidly. So this is, a, this is a first real test for the Red Sox, and I'm throwing Chris Sale out there. Severino, who has pitched very, very well out of the gate, this is a great test. You know, if the Red Sox score a few runs and give Sale some support, then Boom. It could be a nine-game winning streak, and every game against the Yankees counts double. Remember that. It counts double. What do I mean by that? When you're going down the stretch, and you're carving away at the magic number, I mean, look at, yes, Baltimore and Toronto have both won a few games and everything like that. Chances are the American League East is going to come down to the Red Sox and the Yankees. I said I picked the Yankees, but I said it'll probably only be a few games separating the two. And when you go down the stretch and you start carving the off the magic number, let's say you know if the Red Sox are in first like they were the last two years, every Red Sox win is a number off the magic number. Every Yankee loss is also a magic. Uh, number off the magic number. So when you play, you get a win against the Yankees, that takes two off the magic number. I know it's clinically insane 
to be thinking about magic numbers before your taxes are due. But is it? Is it? When you think about when you lose a division by a game or two, last year the Yankees failed by a couple of games. They finished behind the Red Sox by a couple of games. And by the end of the year, this is coming from your pal Sully, by the end of the year, the Yankees were the better team. And we saw they got to Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, and they beat a Cleveland team that I thought, and chances are you thought, were going to the World Series last year. Now they happened to lose Game 7 to the eventual world champion Astros. But the Yankees were the better team. The Red Sox won the division. And one of the reasons why the Red Sox won the division was because the Yankees were stumbling for probably the first half of the season. A win here or a win there, and the Yankees would have been the division champ. Now, would it have made much of a difference? You know, they probably would have faced the Astros in round one. And the Astros probably would have beaten them. So, I mean, it may not have made much of a difference last year. I'm going to get to this in a second. But, folks, I know some of you are tired of Red Sox-Yankees because of the way in the mid-2000s the, they dominated the baseball scene and there were attempts to keep the intensity of 2003, 2004, and 2005 alive but it just wasn't the same. This is now a different version of the Red Sox-Yankee rivalry. Both teams are good. Both teams made the playoffs last year. Both teams have homegrown stars. And both teams have some big-name players that they've imported from other teams. And both teams are filled with people who were not there I mean, neither team has a single player playing from 2003 and 2004. How perfect would it be if the Red Sox had Dave Roberts as their manager and you would have Dave Roberts and Aaron Boone, the two symbols of the 2003 and 2004 American League Championship Series as respective managers. But I'll take Mr. Cora. So far, he's 8-1 and one as a manager. And... Yankee fans are seeing there are a bunch of Yankee fans who are panicking over Boone and panicking over the fact that Giancarlo Stanton, who remember hit two home runs his first game as a Yankee, and since then has been I mean, I'll say it. Was he gonna sue me? He's sucked. He's been awful for the next uh what was it? The next uh how many games the next nine games that he's played. He had two home runs that first game, and including that first game, he's batting 167. Uh, more importantly, his OPS is under 700. And he's had a pair of games where he has struck out five times without a hit. That's, that's like someone put a stat that that's only happened. Like, where? I mean, I'll go to the stat, actually. I tweeted it out. I'm going to go to Twitter, and you can follow me. On Twitter, uh, just follow me at Sully Baseball. But there was some remarkable stat that I saw on on ESPN. Um, where where is? It? I'm going to scroll. Your pal Sully is going to scroll down and see if I can find this here. Sorry, I should have been. I, I wasn't. Thinking. Oh, here it is. Uh, he's the first player in the live ball era to have two games with zero hits and five strikeouts at the same season, and he did it before April 10th. 
if Giancarlo Stanton has a crap season, then, you know, he will be vilified. You know, they vilified A-Rod almost to the end, and he won two MVPs and practically carried the Yankees to two trips to the postseason by himself. Now, of course, it's 10 games. Anyone could have a bad 10 games. But these are things that get magnified and accentuated when all you have are 10 games. The two times that you people absolutely panic over this kind of sample size is at the very beginning of the season and in the postseason. If the Yankees get to the postseason, they get swept and he goes, you know, he goes hitless in the three games, it'll be his fault in everyone's eyes. And he's come stumbling out of the gate, including having a game where he hit two home runs. He's already getting booed. This is the price you pay for coming to New York. Remember, Reggie got booed. Like crazy. Tino Martinez got booed. Like crazy. Become an October hero, then you become loved, unless you're A-Rod. What I love about this is that the two teams now have... Brand new personalities, brand new stars, enough homegrown stars that you can point to them and say they haven't bought the entire team. And they've both won championships relatively recently. The Red Sox have won more recently. 2013 for the Red Sox, 2009 for the Yankees. But neither team is exactly in a curse-induced drought. And it makes the rivalry more interesting. Because now they are good at the same time. Now it is a rivalry for the division. This will be the second straight year that they'll go for the American League East and probably only a few games will separate one from the other. Chances are both teams will be back in the postseason at the same time. So this is a rivalry of substance now. These are the two best teams in the division. These are two teams that if you say, hey, I think we have a shot to go to the World Series, you absolutely would absolutely say yes. Here's the main difference. In 2003 and 2004, they were the juggernauts. Despite wonderful performances from Minnesota, from Oakland, from the Angels, you know, from other teams that made the postseason in that period of time, there was no doubt that it was going to come down to Boston or New York going to the World Series. As cool as this rivalry is, rookie managers, both teams have good pitchers on there. Severino has pitched very well. Tanaka has pitched very well. Sale, Porcello, wow, Price, amazing. They've been getting really good pitching. They've been getting good performances from the bullpen. They've been getting some big power, you know, huge home runs from people. And they have lineups despite Stanton's poor start and despite Judge hitting into that 1-2-5 double play yesterday. Uh, you know, there's still a lineup to be reckoned with. The thing that makes it different and makes it a little uneasy to you know, talk about this as a battle of two titans is they're not the juggernaut of the American League right now. Even with the Red Sox having that 8-1 and one start, even with that, I don't think there is a Red Sox fan or a Yankee fan out there 
who thinks they are the best team in the American League. Oh, I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm rooting hard for them. And I'm going to root hard knowing they have a shot to make the World Series. And I know every Yankee fan, despite having a mediocre first 10 games, holds true the same. But the Red Sox, with their 8-1 record, do not have the most number of wins in the American League. That belongs to the defending world champion, Houston Astros. And is there a soul alive who thinks the Red Sox or the Yankees have more talent than the Astros? I mean, even with Bregman not off to a good start, even with several players, you know, uh, you know, stumbling out of the gate, you know, George Springer's not off to a great start despite that home run to lead off the season. There's still, you look at this team and you know that, you know, some of the players who, you know, Bregman and Springer, you know they're going to get their act together. And my God, Verlander, who I picked to win the Cy Young Award, is firing on all cylinders. Garrett Cole is like, yeah, fine, I'll pitch for a contender. You know, Charlie Morton, the guy who closed out the World Series, is pitching well as a starter. You know, Dallas Keuchel and Lance McCullers are their fourth and fifth starters. You know, Brad Peacock would be the number two or three starter on most teams. And he's coming out of the bullpen. Their bullpen has been unbelievable. Like the only pitcher who hasn't come out of the bullpen, you know, gangbusters has been Ken Giles, who had, you know, one or two bad outings. And A.J. Hinch is smart enough to know, do you know what? I'll use him when I need him, but if not, you know, I'll use Peacock to get a save. I'll have uh, Davinsky pitch in a, uh, a save situation. It's an interesting thing that you have the Red Sox and Yankees are great again, and they're not the Goliaths of the American League. You could make the case that the Red Sox and Yankees are the third and fourth best teams in the American League if Cleveland gets their act together, and the way Corey Kluber pitched the other day, that's not much of a stretch of the imagination. But the Red Sox and Yankees are back, whether you like it or not. And it is a brand new chapter in the rivalry. No one team has the obvious advantage over the other. The historical advantage that the Yankees had is gone. It's gone. Adios, Tulu, sayonara. It is gone. It means nothing. 1918 is a hundred years ago. And do you know what? Most Red Sox fans, I'm guessing, have to be reminded, oh yeah, this was the 100th anniversary of 1918. That used to be the number that tormented us. Now it means piddly-poo. It mean, I mean, think about the, the Curse of the Bambino. The Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. Using the rule of seven which means you don't really start following a baseball team until you are about seven years old. If you are under 21, think about that. You could, hey, I could finally buy a beer legally in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, you've probably been buying beers for the last eight years, but legally you can buy a beer and you say, hey, remember when they beat the, you know, they finally beat the Yankees to break the curse of Bambino? Yeah, I was a little kid. I don't remember any of that. 
If you're under that, you're a teenager. That's like uh, 2004 is the annoying thing your dad keeps talking about. And if you're a Yankee fan this age, you don't know what the hell people are talking about with the Yankees dominating the Red Sox. You don't know what the hell is going on there. And think about this for a second. Just hold on to this. Hold on to your potatoes for a second here. It's 2018, if I'm not mistaken. If you are 16 years old or younger and a Yankee fan, you're waiting for your first world championship. You've got your learner's permit. You're starting to drive. And this notion of, well, we win all the time and the Red Sox never win. What the hell are you talking about? I'm, I don't have a championship. Young Yankee fans, young teenage Yankee fans are younger. They don't have their title. They don't. And for Red Sox fans, yes, they won as recently as 2013. But think about that team. Gomes, Victorino. Drew, Napoli, Koji Uehara, Jake Peavy. You know, there. I mean, I love you know uh, Salta Lamakia, David Ross, uh, Junichi Tazawa. I love that team. I love everything that team represented. And yes, that team had some you know great Red Sox. You know, like John Lester and David Ortiz and Dustin Pedroia, and Clay Buchholz, and they had some young Red Sox, like, you know, Xander Bogarts was on the team, Jackie Bradley Jr., he wasn't, he didn't play in the postseason, but he was on the team. But it was mainly a bunch of vagabonds who showed up for a few years. You know, showed up for one or two years, and then they were gone. This particular cast, the Mookie Betts, the Andrew Benatendis, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a regular. You know, uh, you know, Rafael Devers, Christian Vasquez. This group of Red Sox, they don't have their title. And this group of Yankees, save for CeCe Sabathia, save for David Robertson and Brett Gardner, there's no one else on the Yankees who has a championship. So think about, I mean... As much as fans of other teams are sick of hearing about Red Sox, Yankees, this could be a special year for the Red Sox or for the Yankees if they happen to win it. For a new generation of fans to have their title and a new generation of players to have their title that they could be associated with. You know, there's only like three or four Red Sox left and three or four Yankees left from the last title. So therefore, this would be the year when people point to Judge, when people point to Stanton, Sanchez, you know, Bird if he's healthy. I mean, he's part of the team and everything like that. But, you know, you understand Didi Gregorius, this whole crew, and the crew I just mentioned for the Red Sox. And we've never been here before. We really haven't where they've been in the playoffs and put together a new team with images of a pennant dancing in their head at the same time. Not since the curse has been lifted from the Red Sox. And there is that other element. The thing that made, I mean, if you talk to 
Red Sox and Yankee fans from about my age and maybe a decade or so younger, most Yankee fans, when they talk about the championships that were won, 96, 98, 99, 2000, 2009, plus the other pennant years, 2001 and 2003, almost to a fan, if you ask what their favorite championship was, it was 96. It probably would have been 2001 had they won that year. But in 96 was the first title that they had won since Reggie Jackson was there. So it had been a while. But also, they were the underdogs. It's hard to remember this, but the Braves were supposed to clobber the Yankees, and they did the first two games. The Braves were treating the 1996 World Series title as a formality. They had finally won the World Series in 95, and they were on the verge of winning it back-to-back, and that would have answered all their critics. They had won two world championships back-to-back. It would have put them in the same sentence of teams like the Big Red Machine, the Bronx Sioux Yankees. You know, there would have been more titles than Earl Weaver took the, the, you know, took the Orioles to. They would have been one of the great teams in baseball history. And the Yankees were not in the Braves class. But the Yankees won. And a similar thing with the Red Sox. When they won in 2004, they had to topple the Yankees. And of course they fell down, you know, no games to three. And had Rivera on the mound. And they had to have their wild comeback. And for people my age, as much as we loved 07, as much as we loved Boston Strong 2013... It's always going to be 2004. That's that thing that we cling to. So there's a new generation. And if the Red Sox or if the Yankees win the pennant in 2018, and it's possible that they will, they will have faced a massive obstacle along the way because one of them, at least one of them, will have to beat the Astros. They will have to beat the most stacked team in baseball, the deepest team in baseball, and the defending world champs. And that's what's going to make this year special. The Yankees are a very good team. Listen to this. It's not Yankee hatred. I'm going to trash the Yankees. If you're you're panicking over the first 10 games of a season, oh my God, please calm down. Yes, the Yankees have had a, you know, at least three very stupid losses. But think about that. They're 5-5. Five and five. As I said, they could very easily, easily be 7-3 and three right now. If they were 7-3 and three right now, then you know, the, the, the great block of the plate that happened in extra innings on Friday night, or if there's not the double play, or Gentry makes a great diving catch in left field on Sunday. If those two things don't happen, they're 7-3 and three and there is no panic. They do happen, so you're panicking because of a great block of the plate and a great catch in left field. That's why you're panicking. No, the Yankees, they're 5-5. Five and five. We all know they're better than that. The Red Sox are 8-1, and one, and they're not as good as that. Because they've been playing banjo teams. 
They've been playing teams that aren't even fielding major league rosters. And so both teams are going to win 90-something games and will finish probably within two or three games of each other. And if they wind up facing each other in the American League Championship Series, it's going to be fun. Because the Red Sox and Yankee rivalry, which you may be sick of, is going to have a new feel to it. And it's going to be interesting for both fan bases. It's going to be interesting for both fan bases because we have to adapt what the narrative is. The narrative is now two big market teams with a lot of history behind them and a lot of antagonistic feelings about each other going head to head. No curses, no domination, no one brings up Bucky Dent or Aaron Boone unless they're cutting to the dugout and showing Aaron Boone. So let's get on with it. First big test for the Red Sox. They've shown they can beat bad teams. Now can they beat a good team? And it's a big test for the Yankees, who lost what must be a gut punch of a series to Baltimore to dust yourself off, face your top rival in the division. It was good for them that they had a day off. They have a rested and ready bullpen and their best pitcher, Severino, on the mound. And if you don't like it, well, guess what? There's a lot of other games going on, too. But your pal Sully is kind of, sort of interested in the rivalry as it stands now. So let's play the games, shall we? And go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe to iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Let's bring on the games! This has been Sully Baseball. For the 10th day of March 2018, I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.